ButcherBox makes it easy and convenient to get the highest quality grass-fed, grass-finished beef, organic free-range chicken, heritage breed pork, and wild-caught seafood without any antibiotics or added hormones delivered straight to your door. For me, I love their ribeye steak with a smoke and reverse sear, their tender belly bacon, which is some of the best uncured bacon on planet Earth. ButcherBox partners with people, small farmers included, that treat their animals in the best possible way and never give any added antibiotics or hormones. When you join, you choose your box and delivery frequency. You can cancel at any time without any penalty, and ButcherBox delivers amazing and fresh meat right to your door in a 100% recyclable box. For a limited time only, get free chicken nuggets for a year and 10% off your first box when you sign up today and use the code WP. That's a 22-ounce bag of gluten-free organic chicken nuggets in every order for a year when you sign up at butcherbox.com forward slash WP and use the code WP. Welcome to Western Contours Podcast, sharing experiences, providing insight, and looking for solutions to become better hunters. We talk gear, on and off season preparation, tips and tactics, conservation, and finding inspiration in the outdoors as sportsmen and women. Thank you for joining us as we share our love for all things Western hunting. So we're on with Mr. Brad Taylor. Brad, I appreciate the time, man. Thanks for jumping on with me. Absolutely, I appreciate it. This is uh, this is an exciting, exciting part of my life to talk about. Yeah, it'll be fun, man. It's a a new part of my life. <laughs> yeah. A very new yeah. part of my life. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's hard to find a lot of uh, hunters that that truly love to get into the distance running talk. You know, <laughs> so. I, I don't know. <sighs> It's a weird thing, right? So, you know, growing up, I, I played sports. I was I played football and track was my main sport, but I was always a sprinter. So I ran, you know, my I wanted to be a decathlete. Um, that was the goal. And uh, so I ran hurdles, um, you know, long jump, triple jump, pole vault. But it was primarily the longest thing you'd see me run is, you know, uh, an 880, right? Half mile. Right. And right. Uh, just to do that was a chore, right? Um, right. So I would train, you know, train with the cross country guys in the off season when they were running and football wasn't going, things like that. But it's never really struck me. And spending time chasing elk has really enlightened me to the benefits of it, right? You get up at altitude. Um, did we even say what we're talking about? <laughs> I just uh, thought of, well, if we haven't, they're going to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but you get up at altitude, right? And and I can push myself through most anything. Um, right. But there's a there is a point when you are chasing elk, right? And and my last couple of years have been in that 15 to 25 day range. And there okay. is something to be said about one, the efficiency in which your body works, um, but two, just the the grit, right, to get you through it. And I think 
distance running, that's what we're talking about, um, involves that. And, and it's a great prep for elk season for, I mean, realistically for, for, you know, high country mule deer for a lot of what we're chasing out here out West. So, you know, watching your page and, and, you know, kind of looking at your history in it and, and your love of it really sparked my interest with my, my newfound undertaking. I won't call it a passion or a love just yet, but, um, (laughs) I don't, I don't know that it'll be a love hate for your whole life. I promise you. Yeah, I actually, (laughs) well, we'll get into it, but I'm, I'm loving it right now because it's really, it's pushing me outside of my comfort zone and it's been little builds but it has been really good little builds you know so it has me pretty excited so before we get too crazy why don't you give a little background um on yourself if you want to talk about running and then we could talk about some outdoors uh and the hunting side of things as well yeah absolutely um so gosh i grew up in a tiny little town in oregon and it was pretty much all you could do is hunt or fish. I mean, we were 50 miles from the nearest town. Uh, we had one blinking light, you know, that, that was always, you know, green. So, um, it was just kind of in me from a kid to be into hunting. Uh, naturally my dad took me when I was, you know, I couldn't buy a tag until I was what 12 or something like that there, but I was going with him at five, six, whatever ages driving around. And, um, then as I grew, you know, sports kind of started happening. And I remember being a huge basketball fan. Like, no, at this point, I wasn't into running at all. I was, I don't know, fifth grade, sixth grade, loved basketball. And I remember going to a basketball practice and I was just, the coach made me realize that I was not built to play basketball. I was not, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I think I probably in fifth or sixth grade, I don't know if I hit the 65 pound mark. I don't even know. I, I'm, I mean, I'm built like a runner, right? So uh, my whole life has been like that. And I remember being pissed and I remember going, getting picked up by my dad that night outside of practice. And I don't know why, but I just said, I'm going to run track and I'm not going to lose. Like I'm going to be you know, like, I'm going to, take this as far as I can. And I, and I don't know why it was track that day, but I remember just being pissed and just picked a sport and said, it's going to be track. Okay. So this is fifth or sixth grade. And then seventh grade, I did run junior high track and, um, it, it was good. Uh, I don't remember winning a lot of races, but seventh or eighth grade, I think it was eighth grade. I just, uh, I got this mindset. I said, you know what, I'm going to go out in this particular race. And I am just going to go as hard as I can and see what happens. And, and a lot of people, you know, say they go as hard as they can, but I don't know that they actually hit that wall. They just kind of start to hurt and they say, well, you know, I went as hard as I could, but I, I found this next level and I won this race. I lapped second place. Okay. So I'm in the eighth grade, I lapped second place. So I get home that night and I call my high school coach, the high school coach at that point. And he had been working with me a little bit, uh, at the junior high. And I told him when I ran the time and that 3000, he says, no, nah, you must've been a lap short. I said, no, I swear. He goes, that's like a two minute PR. You, you must've been a lap short. And I said, uh, no. So anyways, uh, he looked it up, you know, he believed me finally. And, and I'm 13, I think. And the next day he says, well, do you want to start running with the high school kids? And I'm like pretty nervous, but he says, all right, I'll be at your house at uh, 4 a.m. and pick you up. And I'm like, Jesus, 4 a.m. I'm 13 years old, you know? <laughs> so, uh, sure enough, he shows up with about three of the high school kids, 4 a.m., picks me up, 5 a.m., whatever time. I mean, well before school started, like, and pitch black out. 
And yeah, just from there on, you know, I just had this mentality that I was not going to lose. And my freshman year, I got second at state in the 3000. Um, and then after that, I never lost at state again. So I won, um, let's see here, sophomore, junior, senior, cross country state. I won all three years in the 3000, the 1500 a couple times. Um, man, I just, yeah, I won a junior Olympics thing. So anyways, yeah, I just, I, I just loved it, but, um, I got really burned out, you know, when you're, when you're, I know it's kind of funny to say all that and then say you get burned out, but I think starting at 13, running at 4 a.m. every morning and not missing a day, I mean, living and breathing, uh, running, having no outside life. When I finally got out of high school, I was recruited by, you know, U of O, uh, all the big schools. Um, but I was just, by the time I got out of high school, I was just burned out. Like I didn't want to do it anymore. It wasn't fun. It was like, I missed all this, this kind of life. You know, I didn't go out and see friends, nothing. Um, so I started at Portland state and I ran for about a term and I just was not my thing. I couldn't go hunting. And it was funny. I couldn't go hunting. I was pissed about it. But like the coach was like, you can't go back to, you know, go out on a week long hunt. This is cross country season. <laughs> so, um, ended up, uh, taking some time off. And the unfortunate problem is when you're a D one athlete, you only get, I think it's four or five years to complete your, your time. Um, so I started working and I actually went to work for Les Schwab. You're from California. You probably know what it is. Les Schwab Tire Center. Um, I started working for them and, you know, time just flew. I actually got my, you know, became a manager at Les Schwab. And, um, before I knew it though, it was like my D one time was up. And, uh, so yeah, it was kind of sad that, uh, that's how it worked out, but in the end it was good. Um, I found, I found my real joy of running again in my mid twenties. And ever since then, I've just been training really hard. Um, <laughs> And enjoying it and trying to help people, you know, and, and people that have reached out to me, I really try to try to give them workouts and I write workouts for people all the time that, you know, say, how can I get into this? And so, yeah, it's been going good. That's, uh, you know, running that's is my a, running life. It's an interesting <laughs> thing, right? So, you know, I played, played sports, um, you know, as a kid and coming up and through school and both my kids were, you know, fall athletes. Um, mm -hmm. and that burnout is real, but the, the one thing, and I've seen my daughter, right. She, you know, she was a, a collegiate athlete, scholarship athlete in soccer. Yeah. And one of the things that she struggled with, I mean, absolutely struggled with was life after organized sports. And right. it was like, you know, what am I, she had looked at, she had, you know, a couple of hits from uh, recruiters overseas to go play overseas, mm -hmm. um, you know, women's leagues here. And, and there's just not, there's not that much to it, right? It's, it's kind of a right. dead end thing, but with running right. that, that's something that you, unless you want to stop, right. You can, you can right. keep going for until your foot's in the grave. I mean, really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I mean that's there's a huge there's, Benny to it. Right. And that's where I've gotten. So I, I guess I didn't mention, like I did run for a short time, kind of, it's called like unattached professionally. Um, when I was about 22, I was still kind of like, man, I don't know what I want to do. And so I got in really good shape for about a year. Uh, but you know, you, so I came from a really poor background. I had no financial support, um, didn't have anything like that. So it was just like learning how to live life, I guess you should say. Uh, during this time. And it was like, I was 21, 22. I'm trying to figure out life, how I'm going to pay for things. And 
I think, you know, looking, looking back on it, you know, when you, when you know what you know now, but you didn't, then you're like, shit, I could have, I could have figured it out if I knew what I knew now, but hindsight's uh, 2020, that, man. <laughs> right. You know, but it's, um, I got in really good shape. I, I ran some eight K's, uh, which are five miles, you know, cross country runs against, uh, kind of division one guys, um, open professional races. And, um, I did really well, you know, I finished like top 10 and stuff, uh, without, really having, uh, um, you know, training partners, stuff like that. I had a coach, but, uh, you know, I ran like 24 minutes for an eight K, which is four fifty, four forty eight pace, something like that, uh, for five miles on a cross country course. Um, so yeah, you know, I was, I was going, going in the right direction, but then I started working to pay for stuff. And before I knew it, time, time had flown, <laughs> but so, but yeah, so it goes right. Exactly. So, um, so one of the things, okay, so I guess how I came to this, (laughs) well, you know, I was on the mountain and I'm like, you know, I, I, I want to be better. I want to perform better in the Elkwoods, right? I don't want to hit a wall. Mm -hmm. And, and I think there's a mental aspect of it too, when you get beat, beat physically that you hit that wall. And last year I was in the woods 23 days and there was a couple times where, you know, I felt beat up. I was literally beat up and the mental play on it. So I'm, you know, thinking and, uh, and approaching my season this year and I'm looking at my, my weak points and I'm like, what can I do outside of rucking? And I can, you know, hit workouts and ruck in and lift and heavy. I could do that all day long. No problem. Right. right. Um, and I was looking to push my own envelope and I was on uh-huh. the mountain one day and I kept saying, you know what, I'm going to go jog the mountain. Um, you know, I'll do it around the, around the neighborhood, but there's just something, there's, there's something about it that just doesn't get me there. So I right. go up to the mountain and, uh, you know, I'm on this little jog. I have the worst gait in the world. My body's not in any way, shape, or form for it. We just got out of COVID. I backpedaled like a SOB, put on right. some weight. But I said, you know what? I'm doing this. So got some running shoes, and I went up to the mountain. And I think the first day I probably – I think I got in two and a half miles, something like that. And I only logged okay. my uphill miles, right? The downhill okay. miles – I mean, they matter, but it's not, that wasn't my goal, right? It was like, okay, okay I want to run as far yep. as I can. So I parked right. down the mountain and I'm making this run and I'm just getting beat. And then I look up and I see one of my areas and I see the saddle and I go, man, I wonder what it would take for me to run up there. And I just kind of discounted right. it. I'm like, man, that is way too far. And I discounted it. So I, I did my run and I just turned on, I didn't have any apps or anything. I just turned on my, my inReach and I just tracked everything like that. And I got back okay. down and I started looking at it. I'm like, man, that's not for, for a heavy guy. Muscles expensive in distance, right? And then I got some hey, fat on me. <laughs> so I look at it and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't all together horrible right i was sub sub 14 minutes on a mile going uphill right and i'm you know that's horrible that i mean let's not bs that's that's bad but (laughs) for my first one i was like (laughs) you know what this isn't horrible like this is this is a pretty good start i thought i was going to be a lot worse than that so it was just like up in the game and then i said you know what i can make that freaking saddle so i got on and i looked at the distance and then uh, I don't know, it was like Wednesday or Thursday. I said, you know what? I'm going to go up. So I got up to the the spot that I had parked in that weekend and 
I logged the miles up to below the saddle. And I go, you know what? I'm doing this. I'm going to make it. So anywho, that's how I went down. I'm, I'm on this path to running just to, to preface it. So okay. I see the benefit for me, right? In terms right. of, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but in terms of being at altitude, just, just my body's use of my oxygen right i i see benefit in that um the right. grit part of it the muscle endurance part of it that's all benefits too uh, where do you see the huge the biggest benefit in distance or endurance training in your backcountry pursuits like for me um and i i have told a few people this i i truly think that um you know walking when you when you're hunting i mean I, I typically you're on a trail to get up into the high country. You're going to walk across to, um, you know, a, a basin, you know, there's not much brush, right? I mean, yeah, you hunt people hunt brush areas I have on the Oregon coast, but typically when I'm hunting, like here in Colorado, there's not much brush. I mean, it, it's, you're walking, right? Um, so walking, if you go fast enough, turns into a run. Okay. So the movement is all, one, you know, smaller piece of running. Uh, so in my mind, the better runner I can be, the easier that walk is going to be the, the better I can, um, teach my body and we'll get into this a little bit more, but the, the better I can teach my body to use the oxygen I'm giving it, the easier it's going to be to hunt at the high country. And you kind of talked about grit and stuff like that. Well, my other thought to this is not, not, I, 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 train you know i do actual running workouts where a lot of guys um typically they'll go out and run like i don't know if you've done any workouts yet but typically you go out and you say okay i'm going to do 10 miles today and you don't you don't just you know you don't change your pace really stuff like that which is fine i mean if that's what you want to do that's awesome um but i think when you get into the workout aspect of it you really are teaching your body to use that oxygen better you know you can go anaerobically where now your your anaerobic is you know basically you're without oxygen. So you go to a track and do a workout and you're without oxygen during that workout. Well, that's similar to being at 10, 12, 14,000 feet, 13,000 feet, right? Um, so my thought process is okay, if I can do hard workouts at well, I'm at 5,000 feet, but if I can do hard workouts here and teach my body how to use oxygen as as good as it can possibly do it. Then when I get up to the mountain, you know, I don't have to necessarily, like you talked about grit, like I'm not working hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, yes, I, I, there are hard days. Don't get me wrong. There are hard moments, but for the most part, I've gotten myself to a point where like walking along is enjoyable. Um, you know, chasing elk uh, to me, I mean, yeah, there's times that it's like, I got to come up this hill, you know, three quarters of a mile. Yeah. It's hard, but as you train and progress and do workouts, um, your heart rate also drops quicker, you know, when you stop and rest. So, whereas, um, you know, one guy that's never run before he gets to the top of that hill, his heart rate is, you know, raised at 180 beats a minute for all day because he chest. can't catch up, you know, and he's <laughs> at altitude. Right. Yeah. And, and he's at altitude. So he's got everything going again. Uh, so, so that's where I'm at. I'm, I'm like, okay, if I can do these workouts 
And strength training is important. So I, I do strength train because you do need strength for the mountain. But if I can focus on running, when I get to the top of that hill, maybe I need a three minute break where the next guy might need a 45 minute break. You know what I'm saying? Or um, something, something like that. So yeah, running is, is just huge in so many aspects because when you're in the mountain, really for the most part, you're walking, your, your heart's pumping the blood and you don't really need a lot of muscle. Like you do when you get an elk on the ground, don't get me wrong. When you get, when you get an animal on the ground. Yeah. It, it's nice to have that muscle, but there's that fine line of what's too much and what's too little. Right. So I'm kind of trying to play with that in my own book of like, okay, if I start running too much, I'm going to lose muscle. If I start, if I start lifting too much, I'll start losing that endurance side of it. But, um, well, muscle, that's where I'm at. I just, I feel, uh, what's that? Muscle's Go expensive ahead. on the mountain, right? I mean, if you, in terms of just your caloric intake, then that's, I mean, right. if you look at, you know, you look at body weight and, 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 you know, output versus input, you know, we're, you're packing 10,000 calories in there. Um, and if you're right. walking around with muscle mass, I mean, it's, man, it is, it is super, super expensive on the mountain. And that's one of the things that I notice. Right. And, you know, we've gotten into this weird thing in hunting where uh, it's like you want to feel your sleeves, right? Everybody's walking around in their their first light T-shirts and it's like, how big are my arms today? And and I'm not sure where that's come from, but like you can be, you know, if you look at 800 meter runners nowadays, like professionals or good D1 um, collegiate athletes, those guys are ripped, I mean, they are jacked. I mean, they're lean. Don't get me wrong. They're 165, 170 pounds, and not everybody can fit that mold, you know, body-wise, but they don't look skinny, right? They just, they just, you see them with a shirt off and you're like, damn, that is, that man is ripped. And, and that's kind of what I'm, you know, going for. And I guess in my page, my, my, my Instagram and stuff, trying to start showing people that like, you don't have to be like, you know, super skinny. If you want to be a distance runner, like you don't have to, you know, and because you, like you said, muscle, muscle takes oxygen and muscle takes calories and you're packing all that every day with you. So that that's where I'm at. I just, I, there's easier ways to do it. You don't have to fight yourself more or less. Well, and, and then if you look at it too, right. And, and going back a little bit is, is talking about your, new your, yours, call it for the lack of a better word, your systems efficiency, right? The way mm -hmm. that you burn those calories, the way that, you know, you're using your oxygen. And even when you go right. from that, from that, you know, elevated heart rate to a rest state, the time in which you can decrease that heart rate is huge, right? If, if you see an animal right. and you gotta, you know, you gotta put a move on them. So you're trying to beat him, cut him off in his path or something. Um, Right. You know, the faster you can hump that and the faster that you can decrease that heart rate and those respirations, the better you are uh, if you're going to make that shot. I mean, whether it's with, you know, bull or rifle. Right. And, and not even, you know, cutting them off. I mean, I mean, I don't know how many times and, and sometimes I've, I've gotten the animal most time you don't. But I don't know how many times I've got to the top of the hill and you're you're you know, you're huffing and puffing and you look up and the animal standing right there. And, you know, it's it's one of those things that adrenaline kicks in and everything is like going. And, and there's a, there's big reasons to to get your body to to know how to relax. And, and the more oxygen you can use, the quicker you're going to be, you know, even keel when those situations come. So that's, that's the goal ultimately. So going back to sort of my scenario, right. In, in getting mm -hmm. started. Right. And, and I, I set goals with it, but I didn't really, it was lofty. Like my end goal is lofty, but 
I was like, okay, I'm going to run as far as I can until either I break mentally or I just feel like I can't walk or I'm not going to make it back down safely. So what, what, how do you, how do you start if you're starting from scratch? Right. And, and it, you know, say I'm, I've been doing hit workouts. Right. And, and I think with Mm -hmm. hit, the issue is say you're 45, 45 seconds to, you know, a minute and a half. And then you're taking that 15 to 30 second break. Right. In my opinion, for me, at least it, it hurts me because now my body is trained to go all out for, you know, that duration. And then I get that rest for that duration. So the baseline, I I don't know if it's baseline fitness, baseline cardio, isn't where I think I need to be. Right. I want to be able to sustain and exert and have that efficiency. So where do you start? If you're starting from scratch, do you just go say I'm running five miles or do you start slow and low on the miles and build up from there? Right. Uh, I would, again, you know, obviously depending on age and, and background, but say you you haven't run in 15, 20 years and you just one day decide you want to do it. I would start with walking and running like the first day, I mean, 10 minutes, because what your body is just not used to this, right? Like you haven't done it. You're just starting out. And the first few days um, are going to feel great. You're like, yeah, this is awesome. And then two weeks in your body says, whoa, my knees are starting to, you know, my, my knees aren't working like they should. What's going on here? Uh, so you know, I just, it's funny you say this, my brother, um, he does, he hasn't taken real good care of himself over the last 10 years, he's had kids and he's just gotten real out of shape. That's the best way to put it. He's, he's pretty bad right now. And, um, so anyways, he actually, he messaged me the other day and asked if I could help him. And I was shocked he did, but he says, I, I need to do something. I'm, I'm 50 pounds heavier than I was four years ago. And I'm like, okay. So I wrote him workouts. I just said, look, this for the next two weeks, you know, you're going to run and walk, run for a minute, walk for a minute, um, you know, for 10 or 15 minutes, three days a week, you know, just simple because it only takes a few weeks, even a month. And your body starts to get used to this and and you can increase that, you know, the second week, maybe you run for two minutes, um, walk for a minute, run for three minutes, walk for a minute. You know, it doesn't have to be a minute on minute off for, for a month, but I'm just example wise, um, start like that. You know, if you're a young guy and you just, you know, been a few years off, like, yeah, sure. Go out and, and run two or three miles, you know, but if, if you're decades of, you know, just being on the couch going, yeah, going to work, coming home, not doing anything. The very first thing you need to do is get a pair of shoes that work, go to a running store, um, or go on like my favorite is running warehouse. They have amazing tutorials to show you, how to find a shoe that fits for you because there's different, there's different, um, ways your foot hits the ground. You can be a neutral runner. Uh, you could pronate, uh, supinate, you know, and, and what happens is these, these people follow Cameron Haynes, which I'm not bashing Cameron Haynes when I say this, but he says, Hey, my under armor, whatever the hell they are, are a great running shoe. Well, that's fine for him, but the guy following him picks those up. And in three weeks, his knees killing him because they're forcing his foot to land how it shouldn't, you know, um, because they're not designed for every runner. They're designed for Cameron Haynes. You know, he, he had those built around his foot. Probably I would imagine, um, you know, they probably casted, uh, you know, his foot and said, all right, let's get a shoe for you. Um, 
so that that's the first thing get a get a proper fitting shoe find find one at a reputable shoe store or online and then figure out your program what you want to do what your goals are but start easy don't kill yourself you know you you just the burnout's real you start to just feel horrible if you do too much too quick with running and and uh, i see it all the time you know people just yeah i was going good for six weeks and now i'm i'm my knee hurts or my, my ankles hurt, my hips hurt, whatever it is. Uh, you know, and it's usually either a shoe problem or you just started too quick. So, so take it easy. Yeah. A couple <laughs> things there. So, you know, with, and that's one of the things that I noticed, right. Is, is, as I said, right. With, you know, from my background and running, looking at, you know, a sprinter, um, versus distance, man, it was so hard for me to get that down. Right when you're talking about how your foot is striking the ground and really right. tempering how fast that approach is, <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Um, yeah. And, and albeit removed for years and years and years, but there's still that, you know, there's still that thing that you go back to what, you know, Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just, yeah, I just fell back to it. So I really had to, just basically say, Hey, you suck. You've never, you know, you've never taken this on and just go slow. Right. And that was kind of my approach. And as I built, I mean, it's, it's amazing. Cause you're, you know, that first run, you're like, Oh, this is horrible. What am I doing? And then that second right. run is just a little bit better than that, than that yeah. last run. Yeah. And it got to the point where I built up, built up, built up. And then I think it was about, seems like it's been about three weeks ago. Maybe, yeah, it's been about three weeks. And I ran, man, I ran up the mountain. I did 8.2 up. So, you know, coming nice. back down, okay. 16.4, right? I was, I mean, yeah, I was yeah. so impressed with myself. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, was, I think I seen your, your Instagram post about it, yeah. I believe. And man, I was just so, I was pumped, right? Because, you know, you're talking within a month, month and a half of doing this. And it was a big feat for me. I mean, you know, again, uphill and the grade I'm running isn't, isn't, uh, shabby at all i mean it is every bit of uphill so right that day i ran back down and and i said you know what from this is day one of 30 days of running straight and okay man i hit day 15 dude and what you're saying i could man i didn't run a half mile on day 15 because my knees were just killing me right. i wasn't giving my body any recover time and then after running that i was i was ramped up I mean, it was just like, right. I'm going, you know what I mean? Like I can do this and I'm running flat around the neighborhood and I'm flying, I'm, you know, breaking miles and I'm looking, I'm like, this is, this is awesome. But to your point, you know, 15, that 15th day. And I knew I shouldn't have even attempted it um, right. because my knees were just beat, just beat yep. with, you know, no, no rest, no recovery for 15 days Absolutely. straight. It was just unbelievable. So, so do yeah, you run oh, every day, even being in shape, do you run every day or are you giving yourself, uh, some rest and recovery through that? I usually do, um, every other week I take a day off. Uh, but you know, my mileage isn't really that high. I I've been around, I mean, it's probably sounds high to a lot of people, but it's around like 60 ish uh, miles a week, which yeah, is high. But, um, in the terms of you know, professional distance runners this day and age, like a hundred is kind of like the standard. Um, right. So 
I'm running about 60 cause I do have a life, you know, other than running at this point. And, um, so what I do is every other week, every other weekend, I usually take a day off, but I also have easy days. So today I ran a pretty hard workout. I actually, uh, I had my son in the stroller, the way the day worked out, I didn't have another choice, uh, when to run. So the workout was going to be, uh, four and a half miles at a fairly consistent pace. And then, uh, it's going to be 10 by a minute, hard minute, easy. Um, and the easy pace on those is normal running pace. Not like I slow down to a walk like that. That's important. You know, depending on the workout is you don't just like, okay, well, it's an easy minute. I'll just stand here and really recover it, You're teaching your body to work harder on less recovery is ultimately the goal, right? In the mountains, you're going to hike a mountain. You can get to the top. You're tired as hell. And there's an elk standing there. You got to work again. You know, you only get a matter of seconds. So work that that's the type of workout where I did that four and a half miles with a stroller at like six fifty pace. Um, and then I did 10 by a minute on minute at normal running pace, but my, my minute on pace is even with the stroller. At one point I got down to four fifty five mile pace, pushing the stroller. Um, so I don't know what my son was doing in there, but I could see his head. He didn't look like he was complaining too much. Um, you know, so the, you know, but that workout was hard. Cause I mean, it, it typically without a stroller, it would, it would have been tough anyways, but uh, I was really trying to maintain my normal running pace with the stroller. Uh, so it was a lot harder, especially cause I have a couple good sized Hills by my house. But to your point is tomorrow is going to be a very easy day. So I don't take days off, but every couple of weeks, but tomorrow is going to be like 40 minutes, 35 minutes. And it's going to be easy. Like whatever I feel like it could be, I mean, it could be eight, 45, nine minute pace, which I know to some sounds fast, but my typical running pace is probably around six fifty to seven minute pace. So that gives you an idea how much I slow down on my easy days. It was um, pretty funny when, so you had posted, you know, uh, the picture of your, of your watch, right. And logging it. And I think you had, you had a seven 11 pace and I posted mm -hmm. that and the amount of DMS that I got, like this guy says that this was a, his slow pace that would kill me. Oh. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I thought it was pretty right. funny. I was laughing. I was like, yeah, that seven uh, 11 mile, man, I'll be happy with that right now. Right. I, I, but you know, it's, it's in, it, it's all, it, it's all relative though. And, and that's what I'm trying to teach people. You know, I get, I get people and, and you know, you, you've kind of seen, well, you even said it like, you, you know, you were like 14 minute mile and, and, you know, oh, it's slow, but it's, it's relative because people that are seeing this have never run or they are, you know, very inconsistent or they don't have a running body type like mine. You know, I'm, I'm lean. I'm, I'm, a small guy. So I naturally am already steps ahead. You know, if, if you're 220 and, and heavy, you know, and I'm 145, 150, whatever, like you're packing 70 pounds already, you know? So you're not going to run as fast as me just in general. Like it's, it's, it, that, that's how it works. So I'm trying to teach people like, like don't necessarily go off that, that time on your watch. Like for me, I do, because I, I hold, you know, I, I'm not, I would say that, um, I'm staying in very good shape to run some good races, um, in the next few years and not professional level, um, at this point, but definitely like still to turn ahead or two. So I'm keeping myself in good shape. Um, but 
but people need to understand that. Like when they see my running, it's not to say, Oh, look at me. I'm, I'm running seven 11 easy miles. It's, it's, you know, to say, look guys, I understand that you aren't there, but I want to help you get there. Like if you have questions, you know, if, if, if you are running a 13 minute mile, don't be ashamed of that because maybe that's as fast as you can go today, you know, but you can build off of that. Um, you know, and that, that's how you should look at it. You shouldn't, you should say, okay, I, I started at 13 minute mile today. That's as good as I am. And I'm, I'm going to start from there and, you know, I'm going to shoot for 10 minute mile in the next year, you know, whatever it is. Um, but that, that's important not to, not to get caught up with seeing other people's paces. And sometimes I wish people just took GPS watches off, to be honest with you, because I, I, I bet you will end up looking at your watch about a million times like I do. No, and, you know, uh, actually, I don't. <laughs> For me, it's been because I set that goal so far out ahead of myself. It's just right. about when I hit the mountain, it's just about beating my last run. Now, be okay. that time or be that in distance, that's really... Right. Okay. You know, that's really where I set the goal. So if I make it to, you know, call it on the road, it's mile marker 28. If I can make it to right. mile marker, you know, 29, the next run, I'm happy with that. Now, my time okay. may have Good. suffered a little bit, but right. for me, it's, you know, it's just getting to that next step. So I really haven't started watching that minute mile yet. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's just, again, just beating myself. I, I'm worried that if I continuously watch the time that it's going to frustrate me. And, and I've noticed that, you know, like every fourth or fifth run, my time is a little bit slower. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure why, but then when I go back after that, my, I'm, my distance exceeds and, and my time is a bit better. And that's been kind yeah. of a regular cycle. Right. I mean, that's pretty common to see stuff like that. Uh, you know, I, I have, I've noticed for myself, I, I'm, I'm like a two day recovery guy. Like, so what I'll do is I'll run my workout today and then tomorrow will be a super easy day. And then Friday is going to be, um, you know, like, like an hour run, but easy, just normal running pace. And then Saturday I'll hit a workout again. Um, so it takes me two full days where as someone like you, like that fifth day is probably where you know, your recovery is because you haven't been running your whole life. Your body's not used to it. So it, it, takes more time, uh, which is fine. But I think as, as you progress, you're going to see that slowly get, you know, shorter and shorter. Well, yeah. Once you figure out what works for you, that's a big thing. You know, what, what, what style of running works for you? Are, are you a, you know, interval type guy? Are you just a go out and run guy? Are you, you know, are, are you can run the hard, you know, tempo type runs where it's like, okay, I'm on a five miles today, really hard. Um, you know, maybe that's where you're going to find like, man, I'm really good at holding this pace for five miles or whatever it is, you'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, it, it's, uh, there's a lot of, um, a lot of stuff that can go on with running, you know, recovery wise and just learning about yourself and how you handle it. So, man, you're saying so much and I, I'm taking all these notes. So, OK, I'm going to try and keep it as organized to the topic as I can. But I want to rewind okay. us too. So okay, there, there's some huge benefits that I've seen in my short little period here in mixing it up, right? Doing a tempo run mm -hmm. or doing the interval run. So, you know, yep. I'll up my pace for half mile, then quarter mile, I'll drop it down, up my pace, half mile, quarter mile, drop it down and, and just mm -hmm. really mixing it up or carrying a tempo for a mile and bringing it down for half right. mile or just sustaining for the entire mm -hmm. three to four mile duration. There seems to be huge benefit in that in, in my head in terms of 
just mixing it up so my body doesn't get used to one thing or another. And I've and I've seen since I started doing it, I've seen some advancement in my air quote game with it. Right. Um, would you say mix it up as much as possible and not get stuck in that one? Because it seems like just running that set, steady state, if you will, that it seems like you would hit the wall a lot sooner in terms of progress. You do. And that's a really good point you brought up. Um, I would, I, I, speaking from a training standpoint, uh, I would never just do a normal paced run over and over and over again. Uh, you do, you just, your body gets used to that like anything. And it just says, okay, well, this is as good as I'm going to get. And if there comes a time all of a sudden you're like, you know what, I'm going to pick up the pace today. Like you'll find that you don't really get much faster. Like your body is so used to just running one pace, even like 10 or 15 seconds a mile. It's like, what the hell's going on here? Like, it, it, you know, I've done that, you know, in the weight room before uh, where, you know, I just, I, I go on the bench and I did the same weight over and over and over and like however long goes by. And then one day I'm like, yeah, I'm going to put some more weight on here. And I think I can do, you know, 50 pounds more because I can bench my body weight 15 times or whatever it is. And it's like, well, I failed, I failed on that, you know, because, because I, I never changed. I just did the same thing over, over and, and over, over. And I would never do that with running. Um, you know, there's people that love like, like, the, you know, there's runners I see on Instagram that they run because they love it and they do the same run every day. And that's great. You know, if that's, that's their thing. Um, but if you're truly trying to get better, you know, physically and want to get, become a better runner, um, in general or for the mountains, mix it up, do what you've been doing. Like those intervals, those tempo runs like that, that is the ticket. I would never do the same run unless I'm injured or just having a down week. I'll never do the same run more than like two days in a row. And I just figured, you know, and I'm glad to hear you say that because for me, it was more of a, a feeling that I had, right. Hey, I'm, my body is, is accustomed to this. I need to push, right. I need to get that feeling of that first week back. And the only way that I'm going to do that is increasing intensity or tempo or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, so I've seen, you know, I've seen some huge benefit in that little bit of time in it. And just, just to kind of see my body reshaping because of it has been like, wow. Um, yeah. And the hard part for me is, you know, again, I've always been that guy that goes to the gym, wants to lift heavy, enjoys lifting heavy. There is a a side of it where you do lose some muscle mass, right? Because it's it's right. it's burning, um, but it's not horrible at at least at this point, right? But I'm not, you know, we'll see how that goes. Um, but you just right. get in that state with that, you know, <clears throat> constant burn. Um, okay, so. Like I said, I want to rewind a little bit. So how do you, how do you establish, call it your personal baseline that, that, you know, this is how far I could run, how fast I could run. Is there a point to going out that first day and, or, or maybe not the first day because you did say, you know, take that first week or so easy and build from there. Right. But say you've been at it for two or three weeks and now I want to see where I'm at just to, just to have a, a starting point to judge myself in my runs. Uh, I would, it, like what I have guys doing, um, I have them do a time trial at some point. You know, I, I think I coached a couple of guys I'm working with right now. And these are, these are hunters, not, um, um, you know, just runners. I'm not actually coaching anybody right now that doesn't hunt. So, um, both of them, I think it was like three or four weeks in, I had them go to the track and run a five lap time trial, just all out where are you at? Because then, then 
you have that baseline of, okay, I held five laps, um, you know, at this pace. So then if you want to do intervals, shorter intervals, you know, on a track or even just in your neighborhood with a minute on minute off type stuff, you, you have a pace to go off of. You can, you can write that workout out on paper and say, okay, I did 10 minute miles for, for five lap or, you know, 10 minute pace for five laps. So if I'm, if I'm only going to run one lap, you know, type of interval, then I can say, let's, let's shoot for a nine thirty pace or a nine minute pace, you know, and then take your break. And that is so important to have that baseline because otherwise you're just, you're just out there running. You have no idea what you're capable of. Um, you know, and you, and it's like any sport, you know, weightlifting at some point you, you max, right. You, you go for a max if you want to get better. And, and, um, it's, it's no different than running. Go out there at some point after you feel like you've run enough to, you know, I guess I'd say not be efficient, but like, okay, I can, I can at least survive this time trial and get a good starting point. So whatever that needs to be for, you know, you personally, um, you know, as somebody trying to run, maybe it's five weeks or six weeks, but put it on a calendar, you know, say, okay, eight weeks out, I'm going to do this time trial. And then from there I can really focus and, and get a plan, you know, set out on what I want to do. So run that, you know, I don't know, say a guy's running two miles for three weeks and that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of what he's done in time. Um, that's the time he has. And in that, you know, three and a half, four week mark, Hey, go out, you know, run your two miles, but run your two miles as absolutely hard as you can straight through. There's your baseline. Yeah. I mean, I would probably say that if you've only been running two miles, like don't make that your time trial, because if you go to push it as hard as you can for the same distance, you've only been running that could turn out bad. Like as far as, just slowing down a lot because your body's not used to going past that point. So now you're trying to push it as hard as you can for the whole two miles. You just probably, you'll find a drop off point, right? Where like maybe it's at one and a half miles of hard effort. Your body says, Whoa, I can't go anymore. You know? And then you end up like walk jogging that last half mile, which screws up your time. Um, so you definitely want to do a shorter, um, time trial than you've actually been running, uh, maybe half the distance. So when you up that effort, you can at least finish it fairly consistently, hopefully, and, and, and get that time. But, um, on that topic of doing a time trial, you do want to maybe throw in some like short sprints a couple nights a week. Like I usually have people do, um, like four or six, uh, buildups or strides, whatever you want to call them a couple nights a week. They're just like, you go out and you just pick up the pace for like 50 meters, 75 meters, but you'll start off real slow and get to a point where you're pretty much max speed. And as soon as you hit it, you just kind of shut off, you know what I'm saying? And back down to a walk and they shouldn't be like super taxing on you, but it gets your legs used to turning over, um, faster. So when you do that time trial, you, the next day you can walk, you know, you're, it's not a shock to the system. Like, you know, I just went out and sprinted for, a mile and a half and I've never done anything like that. So, so do some like build up stride type stuff, maybe a couple nights a week, just real easy uh, to get yourself used to that before you just put the hammer down and <laughs> pull a hamstring or something. Right. So, okay. So you brought, you, you said something in there and it, it created another bullet for me. <laughs> so you, okay, you, you talked ahead. about, you talked about drop-offs, right. Uh, mm-hmm. And the one thing I noticed and 
as I'm pushing myself past that mile marker, you know, we hear about second win, right? But they're, mm-hmm. man, they're second, third, and fourth um, if you explore it that far. Um, and I found yeah. that, that that's pretty amazing, right? If you can get past that, that drop-off point, that point where your mind is like, hey, dude, just quit now, right? You're hurting, yeah. you're tired, uh, your heart's beating out of your chest, and you keep going past that, man. And that that just, you know, second win is, it's just like goodness, right? I mean, it's like, wow, where did this come from? It is an amazing feeling when you can, when you start to get into that mindset, you know, you, and, and what everybody's pace is relative. Like maybe, maybe, you know, your, your 10 minute, 12 minute pace, whatever feels like my five minute pace. You know what I'm saying? Like the effort perceived on each of us is the same. So just because I can do it for five minute miles, you know, you're in the same boat. You're just, you're just doing Double it slower. Time. So you, <laughs> well, <laughs> right. But <laughs> yeah. So you actually have it hard, right? Your, your mindset's really got to be there. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, uh, but no, it's like, you know, but there's also that, that side of it where, okay, if, if, you know, you may do it for five miles where I do it for 10 miles, but it all equals out to like your perceived effort and my perceived effort are the same. It both hurts like hell and we have to keep going. And it's, it's pretty um, great to get done with a run and look back on it. And I've done a few runs um, that were pretty incredibly hard and like where I'm, I'm four or five miles into a 12 mile run and I'm picking, picking stop signs out, just make it to the stop sign, just make it to that street light, just make it to that next car, you know? And, and I've done that for miles and miles. And then you get done and you're like, I did it. Yeah. Heck yeah. That I, is I, the I, greatest I, I, feeling, man. Right. It's, it's just, it, and, and that's where running is so difficult and, and it's hard to get people to wrap their minds around that because you know the weight room is such a such a big um presence you know you want you, a lot of people want these you know big arms and stuff and look good and yeah it's awesome but if you're talking mentally um there's a whole nother world out there like not to take anything away from weightlifters but when you're pushing yourself 12 15 20 miles non-stop no breaks like there's there it's a little different <laughs> like it's just it it's different. Like mentally, you just, you, you don't get that break every 10 seconds, you know? And I watch some of these, these power lifters and it, I mean, it is an incredible feat, but it's over in seconds, you know, and, and, um, running is just a whole different uh, world to me. So, yeah. You know, when, when you talk about picking that, you know, that next marker, and, and honestly, like one of the reasons that I started running on the mountain was kind of, I mean, if I'm being honest about it, it's the, it was the isolation, right? It was like, okay, I can go run there and suck as bad as I'm going to suck and nobody's going to see right. it, right? And it was, you know, push myself, push myself, push myself. And then what I started to get was... You know, people riding bikes up or down the mountain or people on motorcycles or people driving. And I'm the only guy running this mountain. I was trying to avoid people watching me suck. But (laughs) people are like going by me like, hey, you're killing it. Like, good job. And then you see the same people Saturday, you know, Saturday after Saturday when you go Mm -hmm. and people are rooting you on. Well, it's like, man, that mile marker just got farther or that landmark just got further. That charge from that is uh, is unbelievable, man. 
unbelievable. I'm getting excited talking about it. The last, when I did that, my last long run up the mountain, the almost the entire run, you know, people are like, right. yelling, you know, throwing right. up signs at you. And it was just like, this is awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, that's, yeah, what you just said is absolutely probably one of the greatest things you can feel when you're out there doing that. And, and I always try to give people, you know, like a good job, you're killing it when I see them running, because like you just said, you know, a lot of people, they don't want people to see them running. They, they, they don't do it enough. So they don't feel comfortable doing it. They, you know, unfortunately running the, the watch on your wrist tells the truth. You know, you can't, you can't fake a mile, a mile's a mile. Um, so people get embarrassed and they shouldn't, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things, but I always try to see people out there and encourage them and let them know they're, you know, kicking ass. And, and because that's all it takes, like you said, you know, you, you may not be killing it, you know, time-wise, but you hear that and it's like, I got you, this. Yeah. You're I doing this. It. Yeah. you you realize Absolutely. that you're the only guy running the mountain. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're doing the dang thing <laughs> slow or not. And you know, what's funny is, is I told my wife, I think it was that, that week. And I, as I was running and I told her, I said, you know what I realized, you know, running around the neighborhood and it's, you know, nine, 10 o'clock at night, nine 30 at night, whatever it is. I'm the only one out. So you go by these houses, you mm -hmm. see all the lights on and everything's dark and you're the only guy out there running. So, yeah. you know, you take the, those, the, the hooting and hollering and cheering on the mountain. And then you start to realize like, oh crap, I'm doing this, right? I'm the only guy around me doing this. And it is, you know, it, it's, it's an awesome feeling, man, especially when it's outside of your comfort zone. It is, uh, it's something else. Yeah. I love running, uh, at dark, uh, it's, it's, it's always, it, it just, yeah, it motivates me to see people, you know, they're inside their nice warm house and I'm out there, you know, in the snow, in the rain. And it's, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm out here, I'm doing this, you know, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't matter your pace. You know, if you're, if you're that person out there doing it, like you've won already, you know, you're, you're, you're winning that that's, that's ultimately what you need to be doing. So heck yeah. So <clears throat> another thing that I've noticed and it, it, it screws me up when I notice it and going back to that sprinter mindset. Right. And, and it's always forward momentum. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but there is a, there is a different cadence and rhythm because you had brought up, you know, your turnover. And mm -hmm. whenever I, I'm just settled into the run. I, I I realized that I'm not like I just get into the rhythm and and my arm. It's almost like my my arms are in almost a downward motion versus that forward momentum that you look for in sprinting. Is there something with that right. cadence or rhythm as that as you're running distance? I've noticed it. The problem is when I notice it, I screw myself up. I'm out of it. Right. And then I go back to that fatigue feel. Right. So you're 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 saying you just feel like you're not moving forward. You're you're kind of you're you're running, but you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. No, 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 no. It's kind of between your my arm motion and my hand motion right so as a sprinter you you're looking at you know just all out forward right but right. i noticed that when if i try and run like that with the with running the distance that i'm burning myself out i'm fatiguing a lot faster 
And I, oh, I, can't, I see what you know you're what I mean? saying. And I can't really explain it because I haven't totally figured it out. But there's almost this rhythm of my upper body mm-hmm. kind of as I close my eyes and I'm doing it, my upper body <laughs> and my arms kind of going down towards my feet instead of out in front of me. Is there is gotcha. there something to that or is that just me? I you know, that is one of those things where like I can. I, I think it's like, okay, you send me a video of you running and, and or you, that's what you probably should do is take a video of yourself and see if you, you look, you know, doing what you actually think you're doing. It might, I mean, it might be one of those things where you're just, you know, your, your, your body is still not used to it and it just feels different. And then you hit these points where things are off, you know, but if I, I, I don't have an answer for that, but if I was you, you should videotape yourself sometime, you know, just see what you look like, see how your feet are hitting the ground. There's a lot of information you can learn from, from watching your stride, watching how your arms are moving. I mean, I've seen some guys that have done some weird stuff with their arms, like making circles and, you know, they just, they don't, or they don't move. They, yeah, they don't move their arms at all. Like their upper body is like, like, I don't know, concreted where they, yeah, tense, you just won't move. And, and so you know, there, there's a lot to be said about that. Your arms definitely, um, give you drive. Like they help with drive. Um, so yeah, I would, I would videotape yourself sometimes. See if you're doing what you think you're doing, you know, it doesn't, I I mean, yeah, any, any info is good info when you're trying to, you know, get better at something. So I, I would videotape yourself, see what you see, what you're doing. You know, I'll send it to me. I'll, I'll let you know if, you know, you look as goofy as you think during it. So (laughs) Yeah, I, I think there is the point of goof, but there is that I and I I don't know how I'm gonna do that, right? Because like I said, I'll I'll find myself just comfortable, just like I'm in I'm in that flow, right? And it's like, right. oh, there's no there's no upper body fatigue. I'm just kind of running, my pace is great, my heart rate is great. And then when I notice it because I'm I, I'm trying to take it all in, it's like I blow it right. at that moment. So it's like I have to let go of it all. And I, and I just feel it. I don't know. I can close my eyes and kind of feel it, but I look like a or sitting here doing it. So, um, but yeah, there's well, something to well, it. Well, if you're telling me that, I'm sitting there going, "Okay, what am I picturing here?" <laughs> but it, it's almost like it's almost like this offset downward with both arms, not totally synced. I, yeah, maybe I'll just have to video it. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. It. I, I mean, I can. I, I've seen enough stuff that I don't think you're crazy. How right, that sound? I've seen some people do some, some weird stuff with their arms and they're just like, they've got to know they're doing that. Like, you know, I, I, I trained with a guy last, last summer and he just, his one arm stayed perfectly, like you said, tense, like he wouldn't move it, but his other arm was in a normal running motion. And I was just always like, and he was pretty fast. Like we would do mile repeats at like, like five to five fifteen mile pace. I mean, he was fast and, but, I, I never asked him. I didn't train with him much. It was kind of like he lived in the area. And I, 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 I thought maybe just not something I needed to bring up. Um, but yeah, I was always like, does he not know he's doing that? It's so weird to me, you know, but whatever. Somebody had to have told him by that point in his life, he's in his thirties. And if not, it, it's, it's working. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, he's fast. So, but yeah, the, the arm things can, um, you, you might be doing something weird. Yeah. Uh, it, it feels right is I guess what my point is ultimately is it feels right um, because everything is just in that I'm just in a really good flow with it. And when I notice it and I try and pay attention to it, I screw it up and then I'm out of it and then I'm struggling again. So when we talk about 
prepping for a run, you know, I, I really want to mm-hmm. talk about stretching, like, you know, dynamic, static. Mm-hmm. Um, how mm-hmm. often are you doing that? Are you before run, after run? You know, how does that look? And then once we get into that, I'd like you to take you take us through a normal week of your of your training regimen. Uh, okay, um, so for me, um, stretching is I hate to say it one of my downfalls. Um, I do stretch. Uh, I use. Um, I mean, I, I do a lot of different stretching, but I'm not as consistent as I should. And partly is because of life. You know, most of us that are going to be listening to this have kids or they've got, you know, lots of stuff going on. So when, like for me personally, I usually get to stretch for maybe five minutes um, at most, you know, I don't really get to, I, I think stretching should be something where you're really relaxed and I only would do it after a run because your body should be pretty warmed up before you start pulling on stuff. Um, there was a lot of research early on, you know, in the eighties and stuff, people would stretch before, but as, as we've gotten smarter um, with sports uh, science, it's pretty, pretty commonly considered to stretch after um, you're warmed up. It doesn't mean you have to stretch like after the run only you, but like run a half a mile, three quarters of a mile, you know, and, and, and get loosened up and, and warmed up a bit and then stretch. You don't have to only do it after the run, but I wouldn't just walk out your door and start stretching. You know, it, that can be pretty rough on yourself. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I do, pretty typical stretches. Um, you know, I don't know the names of all of them, you know, other than, you know, hamstrings, quads, you know, upper body stuff. Uh, I, I do a little of everything. Um, but unfortunately I am inconsistent with it because usually when I get done with a run, it's like, Oh, the kid, you know, my, my kids need, you know, whatever, a diaper changed or something. And it's like, I, I never get that time to, to really work on it, but, uh, stretching is very important. I really wish I did more of it. That's, um, that's something I always put on my, my to-do items and I, I fail bad. Yeah. I, <laughs> so. I actually started making one of my, one of my workouts midweek and that's all I do um, is I'll, I'll get some, you know, I'll get warmed up. I'll do some static and then I'll do some dynamic. And for an hour, that's mm-hmm. all, that's it is just stretching. And I, and in the couple of weeks that I've been doing it, I've seen some, some pretty good benefit to it, but I also, love yoga um which i you know haven't done in a while because of covid shut the studios down blah 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 blah. um right but yeah i I incorporated that just just because i was feeling it everything was staying so tight after all the runs it was like i have to do something to help this out so right and see and that's one thing for me fortunately is i do enough of it and been doing it a long long time i don't get that um you know, necessarily tightness and stuff that a lot of people would that just haven't done it consistently enough. Um, not saying I don't need to do it. I definitely need to do it. There's days that I can tell I need to do it, but, um, I, I do, I do run enough that I, I feel like I can kind of cut that part of it a little bit, you know, be a little lazy with it because the fact that I'm always doing it and my body never really, settles down at all long enough to get tense. I don't think so. Fortunately, uh, I haven't got any injuries or anything yet. Um, from not doing it. <laughs> and it, it I mean, it's an interesting but, thing, right? Cause you, you talk about it and it's, you know, yeah, you know, five minutes here, 10 minutes there. It's, it's really to, to really set down and I have to time myself. Like I'll go, I'll go a minute on, a stretch and you know 15 seconds off and then to a minute i literally mm-hmm. have a, a a complex timer going through that hour as i'm doing you know that regimen because it's 
you know, if not, I just, I would go 10, 20 seconds and then be done with it in, you know, five minutes. Um, but I found huge benefit, right. at least to myself with my, my, uh, early beginnings oh. here. I have no doubt that I would be better if I did more of that. And, you know, I, 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 guys like, uh, Joe Rogan and them, they rave about that type of stuff, yoga, things like that. Those guys love it. And, and it's truthfully like such a relaxing thing to do stretching, uh, the time, you know, when I do it, I mean, I do it a few days a week, but it's just never in long sessions. Um, but if you can really just kind of clear your mind and stretch and like you said, yoga, I mean, all of that, I mean, gosh, it's so beneficial if you have the time to really put in and, and really can let yourself relax. So I, I would definitely recommend it to anybody. That's for sure. So take us through, take us through a typical week. Okay. Uh, so we'll just use this week, which will be around 60 miles. I don't have my, like my plan in front of me, but, uh, so Monday is always my easy day. One of my, I do two easy days a week and today is my first easy day. Uh, I do, I'm upping it now. I'm about 45 minutes was half five minutes now, which at seven thirty minute pace roughly translate to, you know, six, seven miles, whatever it is. Uh, Tuesday is always, um, a longer, longer run, like eight, nine miles at normal running pace. Uh, Wednesday is my workout days. I always do a really hard, short workout on Wednesdays, uh, short intervals, uh, for speed. So today was minute on minute off. I may go to a track and do uh, 2200s or something, you know, with a hundred meter jog, 200 meter jog, whatever it is. Uh, so Wednesdays are short intervals to work on speed and, and, um, going anaerobic, you know, teaching my body kind of to go without oxygen. Uh, Thursday is my next recovery day, which will be again, 45 minutes, just real easy. Fridays again, longer run hour, hour and 10 minutes on a Friday. And then this week, I'm actually going to uh, ride my bike, too. I'm going to double on Friday because I'm trying to just, I don't know. I, I've been wanting to up my I don't know, training for whatever reason, just do more. And so I really like to cross train. I like to cycle. Uh, so Friday, I'm going to do like 45 minutes to an hour in the morning cycling. Uh, main reason is because it's really good cardio and it doesn't beat your body up like running does. Uh, it, you know, works on the leg muscles a little bit, things like that. And then Friday afternoon, I'll do around an hour, hour and 10 minutes. So nine miles ish Saturday though, I'll do a long, um, really intense tempo type run. So maybe I haven't planned my Saturday workout yet. Uh, but like a couple of weeks ago, I did four miles, um, short warm up, and then a four mile tempo run, which was whatever pace, I don't know, five fifty miles for four miles. And then I took a two minute rest and I repeated the four miles again at five thirty pace. Uh, so that day was basically two, four mile tempo runs on Saturday. And then Sunday's a long run. Sunday's like a 13, 14 mile long, easy run. And then that closes out my week rinse repeat yeah pretty much i mean I'll, I'll i'll um i'll change things up a little bit but uh for the most part that's pretty typical distance runner type training plan uh if you're not trying to do like 100 miles a week uh you can you know you can do doubles if you if you're 
you know, got the time. I just don't have the time to double every day in the morning, evening. Uh, and, and again, like we've talked about, you start doing that much running, you'll start losing muscle mass, you know, and then you're going to a point where in the mountains, you're going to suffer a little bit. If you start going too far in the purely distance running, uh, you know, uh, type of type of training, because you won't have the muscle to carry a heavy pack, um, you know, to be stepping over stuff in, you know, downfall, things like that. So, so I'm trying, like I said, I'm playing that fine line of, I think around 60 miles a week for me is where I can retain muscle, get very good shape, uh, cardio wise, distance running wise. So that's, that's where I'm trying to stay right now, roughly. So, okay. For, for my goal, right. Would it, and I guess this is a personal thing, but what would, instead of setting, like I set my goal to run 30 straight days, right. I beat myself up and I made it mm-hmm. to 15. I had to take the week and a half off. Um, right. Should I set or should a guy set a goal of miles per week or miles per month, maybe um, with that rest and recovery in there? So I'm really glad you said that. It, that's a, that's hard to answer for a new runner, but typically you want to, and I, and I use miles because no one um, knows my pace, but I mainly run for time. You know, I don't go out and say, I'm going to run nine miles. I say, okay, I'm going to go run um, an hour and 10 minutes because what that does is two things. If you're tired and you say, I'm going to do a 30 minute run and you're really tired, maybe that 30 minutes is three miles. Okay. And instead of saying, okay, well, today's a four mile run. Um, and you, you beat your body up and you didn't need to by running four miles, it was tired. So 30 minutes. Okay. Maybe, maybe you had to walk jog some of that 30 minutes and you only did two and a half miles, but that's what your body wanted that day. Instead of saying, okay, I have to run four miles. Maybe your body wanted to quit at three miles, but you kept saying, well, I have to do four miles. So when you run for time, on easy days, it allows you to run whatever pace your body says, and that's all the miles you get for the day in that allotment of time. But when you're feeling good, you'll notice, and as you progress in your running, that that 30 minutes, you're getting more miles in, you know, over time. So maybe as a beginner, you only do two and a half miles typically in 30 minutes, but a year down the road, you notice you're doing, you know, three or three and a half miles in the same amount of time. Uh, so, so, so that's why I, I always try to tell people to run for time and not worry about a standard like, yeah. And, and, and again, that's, you can put miles out there and you'll learn like, you, you know, you, you've probably already noticed you typically run a certain pace. Um, so you can just say, okay, well, I, I know roughly that 70 minutes is going to give me seven miles, whatever. And, you know, so I'll say, I'm going to do a seven, 70 minute run today maybe you only get six miles tonight because you're tired. So your body saved itself a mile of getting beat up on, you know, even, and that, that's why you should do that. But the mileage thing you can do, you know, goals like that, but that's where I would start is running for time instead of just saying, Oh, I'm going to run a hundred miles this week. Cause maybe, maybe your body doesn't, isn't ready right. for that. You no, know? That makes absolute, absolute <laughs> sense. So you just got back from a bear hunt, man. Let's talk a little hunt. How did that go? Uh, well, <laughs> I, I brought my three-year-old. So it was, uh, originally I was, I was, uh, going to go out there for a week, try to with him and 
then my wife decided she wanted to go see family at the same time, which was awesome. So the bear hunt ended up being taking my three-year-old um, for about three days in his stroller, pushing them up and down logging roads in Oregon. Um, and I, I learned something about myself on this, which was good. I've killed several bears in this area. So I, I, this whole time leading up to this, I thought, you know what? I'm going to do this. I'm going to have my three-year-old there and I'm going to kill this bear in just a few days. It's going to be great. But what I realized is when I, when I was thinking about it in my head and I, and I live in Colorado now, so I haven't been back there in a while is when I'm going through the woods, I can move, I can cover ground quickly. So I had these images in my head that, well, we'll just walk right over here. And there's this nice clear cut in this big open meadow and there'll be bears down there. Well, I didn't really realize until I got there again, like, oh, that's like a mile and a half off the road, you know, and now I've got my three-year-old with me and he's like, I'm not going down there. <laughs> so, so it was like, I, I kind of realized that, that my, how quickly I can cover ground does not necessarily um, go with what I picture in my mind. So it was, it was kind of a failed bear hunt. Um, very good to have my son out there, but overall it was um, more playing in mud puddles than, than bear hunting. Uh, but next year, next year, we'll all be back at it uh, full bore. That, uh, <laughs> so. I, I mean, well, I, I guess there's no, there's absolutely in my head, there's absolutely nothing wrong. I mean, just spending that time with your boy out there, you know, for, for the few days, uh, and that introduction right. to the outdoors and our passion, man, it's, uh, those are memories you'll never forget. Right. Um, tag yeah, punched that or was, not. uh, that was ultimately kind of the mindset I got into was, you know, he's three and you know, at three, they're functioning on their own, but you realize how quickly they don't function on their own. So it was, it was, it was fun to get him out there. I pushed him, you know, I'd go a couple miles out these areas. And, and uh, the other problem was I, I hadn't been there in about five years and they had grown up pretty good. You know how Oregon does um, on the coast range, you know, they clear cut and then three years later, you can't see anything in there. Um, so that's kind of another part of it was I had him in places that I have killed several bears, but they had just grown up where I really needed to get out and hike. So I just enjoyed it. I just pushed them along. We'd get out and kind of walk off side of the road and look around. And, and, uh, you know, I'd ask him, let's go look in this little snow patch, see if there's any bear tracks. And he'd go over there and stomp his feet and go, Hey, that looks like a bear track. You know? So it was great. It was fun. I, I would, um, I would not, um, you know, ever, ever, I was never, I will never be disappointed. We did that. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't think I have so. any memories with my boy going out there that I, uh, that I squawk at. So I know where you're at. What do you, what do you have coming up? Did you apply anywhere else for? Um, yeah. So I've got, um, I I'm thinking I've got a few weeks here to do, I think till June 4th to decide on the antelope in Wyoming, since I'm right on the border. Uh, I think, June 4th is the deadline for that. So I've got to get my button here, but I'm doing an elk hunt here in Colorado. I'm going to draw for mule deer, which this is, this is the big one for me. I've killed, I've killed um, one bull that scored uh, three, three twenty three, I think. So the bull for me is kind of on the back burner because this year in Colorado, they moved the dates up. Um, and this is the latest in the year for mule deer it's ever been. So I saved points. I, I had a daughter born last year, so I actually didn't mule deer. I didn't deer hunt last year. I saved points because there's this big push in Colorado uh, because third season rifle is going to be like mid to late November this year. 
and it'll be the only time this probably ever happens. So everybody's applying for tags this year. Uh, so anyways, I saved points. So I will draw a nice mule deer tag this year. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm going to go for well, the whole hunt, I don't know, whatever it is, eight days or something like that. Um, and my goal is to kill a really, really big mule deer this year. I'm, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be pretty picky with it. I'm, I'm really excited. Uh, and then I've got, and I've got a lot of stuff going on, but I got two, I got a, I got a one-year-old and a three-year-old. So it's really hard to find time to like, okay, well, I've got five, I've got five blacktail points in Oregon. Um, you know, I want to do that. I've got elk points in Oregon, but it's just like, right. The last couple of years have been kids, you know? So, so this year is kind of where I'm breaking free from that a little bit. And we're going to put some animals on the ground. Yeah. You better, yeah. you better get um, it now because as they get older, it gets harder to break away, especially if they get involved in, uh, in athletics, man, it, uh, <laughs> fall gets short. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm, uh, yeah, I thought about that. I, I think my son's, well, hopefully my son's pretty into the whole hunting scheme. I mean, he really enjoyed our time out there, but if not, you know, I'm not going to pressure him to do it, but I will definitely, I will definitely be doing a lot of hunting, uh, over the next 10 years or so. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. I've got some good elk plans this year where I'm archery hunting. Uh, we've, we've, uh, shot some elk in there and I've got one bull on camera that he probably is around the 340, 350 mark. Um, so next weekend I'm going to go put some cameras out and I've left a camera out all winter. Um, and this come funnels into a winter range. So I'm really hoping that he's on my camera and I'll get to pick it up and it's been out there for six months. And if he is, I'm really going to focus on trying to find where he goes and hopefully, hopefully kill him. Heck yeah. <laughs> it's a goal. Yeah. I'm hoping, uh, hoping I land in Wyoming. If not, I'll be back in Colorado that, you know, I put in for Wyoming. Oh, they finally draw. What's today? 19th, 20th. They draw tomorrow. Oh man. No, I think I thought it was the 24th. Oh dude. It, is it 20th? It was the 20th. If they pushed it back, I'm going to be heartbroken. Oh, I thought I seen it was the 24th, but maybe, maybe I could be wrong. I hope so. I'm I've been waiting since freaking the end of January, man. They've had that, that money for uh, five months. I hope not. Right. Yeah. I've got, uh, I've, I've got some friends that applied for deer out here too. They're all going to go with me. So that, um, yeah, that, that'd be cool. So do you come out every year for the last, Colorado? yeah, the last two. And then before the year before that, I was in Wyoming. So I'm hoping, you know, with Wyoming making that push uh, for that 90-10 split, I just want to burn my points up there and just be done with them. Mm -hmm. But the problem with them, you know, yeah. the, you apply in Wyo and you, you really you're not applying anywhere else um, because they're drawing so late mm -hmm. now. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, I, I my hardest part with that is is it's really hard to leave Colorado elk to hunt Wyoming right. elk. Um, not, I mean, I know Wyoming is, I mean, fantastic hunting. I just, to spend that much money, like if I was coming from like California, Oregon, Washington, where you can decide, okay, what state's going to give me my best odds. But, but there's a lot to be said, right. About knowing an area really well. Oh, yeah. Um, and right. And that's where I've always been like, okay, well, I know my area in Colorado so well, like, why am I going to spend the, the money to go up to Wyoming because I'm only going to get to do one elk hunt right now a year anyways. So it's kind of like, uh, I would have to leave what I know to 
go hunt somewhere that I don't know. So it, instantly your odds for success have decreased. Oh yeah. They diminished. Yeah. When, when you don't know. Yeah. And you're spending more money on it. I mean, you're looking at a non-resident tag, you know, what is it? 700 bucks. Um, if right. you just go with a regular oak tag and 1300 for a special. So yeah, it doesn't matter. Holy. So yeah. what, what, when you say 1300 for a special, what do you mean by that? Like if you're not drawing it, like you can pick up general tag. So, well, no. So you got, you have, what, what they did is they split it. When they did the 80-20, they created the special tag. So the special tag cost you more money, but you can get in to hunt on less points if you're willing to pay basically double the money. Um, and that is one of the ways that <sighs> oh, okay. they made yeah, up for that. the decrease in non-resident tags when they went to the 80-20 split. So, uh, but it is, it's spendy. Oh, okay. But you can get in there, you know, with yeah, a couple, three man, that's points. Crazy. Yeah. But like you said, you know, being, okay. you, you, you can literally walk across the border um, where you're at, you know, it, it doesn't make much in the way of right. sense. And, and that, you know, um, that Northern central Colorado is really, really nice in terms of, you know, animal distribution and availability. I wouldn't leave it either. Right. Yeah. That's where I'm at. It's like, as my kids get a little older, if I can get a second weekend, like I would probably, um, you know, consider, consider Wyoming or like, um, Eastern Oregon somewhere just because I know that area fairly well still. Uh, but yeah, I, I just, it's like seven, 700 bucks. That, that's what's tough for me to, to decide like, okay, I've got one week. Why leave what I know and you know, where I can find elk pretty much every day um where i hunt we at least see elk every day during archery season um so yeah that, that's kind of where i'm at but i've heard wyoming is amazing i, I have talked to a lot of people from colorado that, that are like we go to wyoming every chance we get yeah. it, it, it is, really is <laughs> so. an amazing state man um antelope it, it's like they're it's like they're everywhere i i hate to say it but you know in terms of deer and antelope it's like rats and roaches running across the counter man i mean they are you look right. you're driving down the highway and there's you know there's herds of antelope just running and deer everywhere and the elk are just oh it's just phenomenal man i love that place do you do you feel like you see more elk in wyoming than you do in colorado yeah do you do you think that's because the country is more open or or higher densities of elk in, in, in certain areas of Wyoming. And when you find those areas, there's just more elk in general. That's a very good question. You know, well, I can't say density, right? Cause we know Colorado has the largest herd in the, in the nation. Um, well, that, that, that's why I asked because everybody that I know in Colorado that goes to Wyoming says the same thing. Oh, there, we just see tons of, tons of elk in Wyoming, but Colorado statistically has the most elk out of anywhere. Right. Um, and Wyoming, so that's, that's, Wyoming might be keeping it quiet, man. They're pretty good about keeping folks out. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, and I think it does lend itself to, you know, um, being a bit more open, at least the areas that I've hunted. And and mm -hmm. they just have, they have really good densities in, in, in that state. Um, and I haven't even made it to wilderness areas. Um, you can't, you know, you right. can't hunt the wilderness. So I'm really curious to see. Right. I will say that the class of bull, I mean, just phenomenal specimens, man. Remarkable specimens. Mm. Um, it's just unbelievable. Uh, the first day there, I mean, the bulls that I saw just the first day in Wyoming in 2018 was just like your head spinning. 
because of what you're seeing. Wow. I mean, just amazing. Um, and, and there's not as much pressure. So I think that lends itself to why, um, why you're seeing them more as well. And they're more vocal, you know, with the pressure that Colorado gets, I think that lends itself to the animals being a little more skittish and quite a bit, uh, quite a bit quieter. Um, that, that's a very good point. I, um, you know, two years, three years, God, it's been, I say three years, but it's actually been five years ago. I camped in this area in Colorado wilderness and, um, we were like eight or nine miles in. We always take llamas in so we can get back in our ways fairly easily. And, we got, I got in their camp to this spot and it was eerie. We were so alone in there. Okay. And it was just like, cause I'm so used to seeing people in Colorado everywhere that you'd wake up in the mornings and it was like, you're so far in, there's nobody around. It's just almost like this eerie feeling because I'm used to seeing people in the wildernesses. And we had elk in this huge meadow uh, every morning, just right outside of camp. Um, you know, I, sh- I shot, that was, I shot a cow in there that year. Um, just, there's just elk everywhere. So the next year I went back, I bet you there was 50 people within, I don't know, half mile of that lake meadow area. Like, I don't know what changed, but within one year, there was so many people and I was coming out of there and I asked, um, one of the guys that we passed, he, I said, where are you from? He said, Oklahoma or Tennessee or something. And I asked him where he's going. He told me, I said, how did you hear about this place? Like, where did you, you know, how do you find it? He goes, I just, you know, looked up, you know, Google earth and it was remote. So we came here and I felt kind of bad. It was like, there's like 40 or 50 people in there. And he's like, what? I just, drove, I just drove from Tennessee and this is what I'm yeah. getting. Like, and then the elk, so yeah, the elk go quiet and you're not okay. seeing them as much. I, I, and I really believe that's what it, you know, it lends itself to it. Well, the, and, and that's when you said that the, the year before I called in, um, a bull and missed him within 200 yards of camp up in the timber, shot a cow just below camp a couple days later. And the next year we called in one bull and that was the only elk we seen. And that was it. So they, they went off and I don't know, disappeared somewhere. It was crazy, but there were so many people. I just, I couldn't believe it. I, I, my buddy was with me and I told him, I said, man, I'm sorry. I brought you in here. Like this was not, not how it was here before. And he's, you know, cause he's looking at me like we came in all this way and there's people everywhere. So, yeah, it was uh, a little disappointing, but that's Colorado. Yeah, that's, there's, I mean, there's still honestly, that's public land hunting. I mean, that's just the way it goes, yeah. you know, unless you get into one of those hard to get to places or states. I, I, I really think in Colorado, sometimes it's uh, closer, closer to the road or the edges of the wilderness, the better off you I, are. You know, and I will I, 110% agree with that. Last year, even the year before that, the most of the encounters we had were within mile and a half two miles of the road that we came in on yeah and that that that's and we didn't even see that many folks i think that in 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 the two years i'm gonna say i'm gonna say 10 guys in the woods in in that close right because every everybody's trying to go deeper and get away so everybody now that everybody's going deeper to try and get away guess what <laughs> there, you know. Yeah. So we're we're pushing them to where we don't want to be, um, and we're walking right by them. Right. That's hundred percent true. The last um, two years. So, like I said, I didn't get to hunt much the last two years because my kids were born. Um, but last year I went for four days, three days, something like that, and two 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 uh, two two day trips. And 
in the area I went, I found elk every time my hunting partner, the last evening missed a bull at 51 yards. We called in a bull and I had a moose come in with him, which blew my mind. I'm, I'm, I can see the bull ahead of me and I'm hiding behind a tree and I can see him walking in and I look down to my left cause I see movement and I think there's another elk coming in and I look and it's a bull moose about seven or eight yards from me, walking by me right to my buddy who's calling. And yeah, it was incredible. We've never seen a moose in this area either. Uh, so I don't know why he was coming to that calling, what he smelled. I have no idea. Um, but anyways, the, the elk seen him and walked off. So, uh, but anyways, you know, in those four days, two, two, two day trips, I've seen elk every day and I was only, I don't know, two, two and a half miles in total. Wasn't very far. Yeah. Anybody listening, there's your, there's your tip for this year. (laughs) Right. I, I should say, well, we were 15 miles in, you know, that's where you got to go to find out. But no, it's, I mean, it doesn't matter. I think if, um, you know, there's so many, there's so much research and, and, and knowledge out there that, you know, guys, a lot of guys try to really hide it, but if you want to find elk, you're going to find elk. I mean, if if you got to hunt farther in, if, if you can move cover ground, it doesn't matter. You'll find elk. Like if you're, if, if you're in a state where there's a, you know, a good population, you're going to find them. So that's my theory is it, it's, um, I don't tell people where I hunt or, or anything like that, but yeah, it's, it's not uh, rocket science. You can research how, you know, every website in the internet has something about where to find elk and it's all useful to a point. Yeah. You, it's the killing part that uh, you got to deal with. <laughs> That's the part that eludes, <laughs> that, a, that, that eludes 90% of the guys out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. And, um, you know, I, I would imagine that uh, the numbers will, I don't even know if the numbers will decrease. I see some of these bows now and guys are shooting hundred yard shots and, and, and just like, you know, are people missing more elk now than they were because they're taking even farther shots? You know, Oh, he's up there. I can, I can get him from here. Are they wounding more elk? I think that kind of worries me a little bit. Um, some of the equipment that's out there and, and guys, you know, forcing shots that maybe shouldn't be, I guess. So, but who knows? Yeah. That's, um, that's, that's a, a two hour conversation in itself. Right. Right. <laughs> that's not, yeah. We probably shouldn't go there. So, uh, but yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm excited for this fall. It's going to be a, a really good time and, and I'm looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to a late season, late November, lots of snow, big, um, big mule deer. Yeah, yeah man. Well, I, I wish That's you the, the plan. wish you the best on that, man. Uh, before we sign off, yeah. what, uh, where can yeah. folks find you? And if they have questions about, uh, getting that, uh, that running going or up in their, uh, their game. Yeah. Uh, just go to backcountry cardio on Instagram. And, you know, if you have any questions, feel free to, to give me a, you know, DM me, I'll, uh, I'll answer anything you have. If you, if you want to want me to, you know, make up a plan for you, obviously there'll be a, a limit if I have a hundred people hit me up, but, um, you know, I can definitely help most people that are going to contact me and I, and I don't charge anything. Like I'm not going to ask you for, for money, anything like that. I just, you know, I'm willing to help anybody that, really wants to run and, and better themselves. So that's where you can find me. I will, I'm actually going to have a website up here um, this weekend. I'm going to launch a website, backcountrycardio.com. Uh, and I'm going to put up training on that. Uh, that the training won't 
be on there for a couple of weeks, but uh, you can check on there for just workouts, uh, things like that, that you might want to try and, and, you know, give it a go and, and see how you like it. Uh, so those two places are where you can, where you can find me. Excellent, man. Well, Brad, I appreciate the time. Yeah. I'll include uh, the link to Backcountry Cardio in the show notes. So, folks, if uh, you guys are cool. interested, um, yeah, click that link, head over there, get uh, talking to Brad and wish you the best, man. And I appreciate the time. Thank you greatly. Yeah, it was awesome. I really appreciate you having me on here and uh, excited to go run now. <laughs> it's uh, got me pumped Heck up. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Follow Western Contours on Instagram, subscribe on YouTube, and sign up at westerncontours.com. Episodes are available on most major platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Subscribe, leave us a comment, and don't forget to hit that five-star rating. We appreciate the support, and until next time, lay them down.